This is Stephen Strang, and welcome to my podcast. We're going to talk about God, Trump, and the 2020 election from one of the people I quoted in the book. He is Ray Moore. I know him mostly as a homeschool leader, and I've done several podcasts with him on that very important topic. But he is also a lieutenant colonel, U.S. Army Reserve retired, and a Bronze Star recipient, and also a chaplain with a Master in Theology a pretty impressive (laughs) resume, and he's also my friend and was very helpful to me in uh, really all the books. In fact, in my first book, Guiding Donald Trump, he gave me a scoop. He gave me the inside story about what happened in South Carolina, and it was one of the best scoops of the whole book. I devoted, you know, a big part of one chapter to it. So let me welcome you, Ray. Thank you for taking time. And maybe you could just briefly repeat that story about your lieutenant governor and what happened. And then we can segue to talking about the new book, which is instead of focused on what happened in the past election, is focused on what's happening or going to happen in the next election. Right. Well, hey, thank you. And I, I tell you, honestly, the privilege that I had of helping you with the book and kind of being a person you could, I guess, bounce ideas off of more than anything else. You wrote the book, and you knew all the people, and I think I was kind of a, a, a fallback guy to a check. And then you allowed me to do an endorsement, and I was just so grateful for that. And There's a pretty good group of people there that endorsed the book. And I've helped distribute it around in uh, different places. And But anyway, you asked about the story. In 2014, our lieutenant governor retired. And I had a ministry called the Exodus Mandate, exodusmandate.org. Which you still have. I still have, yeah. And we were struggling to get our message out. You know, you have to have a lot of funds, and we were kind of weak on the financial side. And suddenly there was an opening to run for office, and I hadn't ever thought about it. I said, look, I could run for lieutenant governor and carry my religious theological message into the public policy arena and maybe get some traction and you know and so basically i ran on the idea of christians getting out of public school and starting christian schools and homeschooling and basically exposing the danger that public education is to a culture to a people and to a christians well i can tell you it wasn't well received by a lot of people because it's such a, a idol with so many people but i got the message out and it went viral and it went around the world. It was a, I had a couple of weeks where it was a big story in the uh, Internet, and it was worth it for me. And, of course, I didn't win. Uh, I wasn't expecting to. My wife was praying I wouldn't. But I had a friend that was running, I was running against, who was a former attorney general of South Carolina. And so I endorsed him in the runoff. And he was probably going to win anyway because he had been two-time state chairman of the Republican Party, He'd been attorney general eight years. So he won, won the nomination, and, and went on to get elected lieutenant governor. And he took me around. You know, I was going with places with him for six weeks before the primary, and, and he won. So he was very grateful to me and kept saying, you know, I pushed him over the top. Well, I thought it was a little bit too much praise, but he, was, he and his wife were very grateful. So I, I had been a friend before, but I became a closer friend. As a result of that, he would want to talk to me every now and then, even though he was a Christian man, he was a Presbyterian, and a little more, you know, date about his uh, faith. So he would want to talk to me about 
you know, how the evangelical community and conservatives were seeing things. So in the run-up to the election with Donald Trump, I was supporting Donald Trump, and a lot of pressure was on him. He was lieutenant governor at this time to endorse one of the other candidates, but he wanted to endorse Donald Trump. But it wasn't politically the expedient thing to do at that particular moment. So we talked and uh, for about an hour one day, and, and I don't think I persuaded him. I just helped him see the way to do what he wanted to do anyway. So indeed, he endorsed Donald Trump for president in early February, late January 2016. And you know, you're not telling the whole story because it was significant because if I'm remembering yeah. all the details exactly right, he was the first right. statewide elected official in America to, to endorse, endorse Trump. Donald Trump. And not only that, a lot of people don't understand the role that the South Carolina presidential primary plays. It's a gateway primary to win the Republican nomination for president. It doesn't mean that if you win the election here, you become president, because some have lost, but you don't win the Republican nomination if you don't win the South Carolina primary. And you have you, the, the order is Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina in, in importance. So he won the primary here somewhat on the support of the lieutenant governor, Henry McMaster. And it was a huge moment, and then he went on to sweep the South, and he's won the nomination, and he's president. Well, Donald Trump is a very loyal man, too, and he really recognized the role that Henry McMaster played as lieutenant governor. So one of the things he did when he was elected president, he appointed our governor, Nikki Haley, as ambassador to the U.N. Well, that left a vacancy. <laughs> she is top. an amazing, amazing leader, in my opinion, very capable, and of course a lot of people have their eye on her as yeah. perhaps uh, presidential material later on. She did a good job in that role. She was there about two years, and then, but Henry McMaster, the lieutenant governor, stepped up and became governor. And it was all surreal, and I was right there in, in the middle of it. I was there when he was sworn in, and of course he had to turn around and run again in two years, and he, he won election two years ago. And, you know, I've become more than just, you know, I, you know, I've become friends, and I meet with him, and he always wants me to pray, and he seems to be a man who seeks the Lord, and he's in a very, very good Presbyterian church, one of the best in the state. So anyway, that's that story, and so if I hadn't run for lieutenant governor and lost, I, <laughs> so sometimes you can win when you lose. That's right, and you know, I was able to bounce things off of you and your good friend Tom Ertle, who is a big help to me in sorting through all this, because it's a monumental task to try to decide what to focus on and not. And then I would so appreciate the endorsement you gave, which is a little too long to read. But, you know, I will, I will read this line. It says that I, as an author, recognizes that although God's hand is upon Donald Trump, there's a very real spiritual battle underway to determine our nation's future. These evil forces behind the scenes can be subdued by prevailing intercessory prayer. Donald Trump's 2016 election cannot be explained in political or cultural terms alone, but must be seen as a spiritual event. And that meant so much to me, not just because it was, you know, nice words, but because you got it. I mean, that's why I wrote the book. That's why that was the point I was trying to make. And, and you got it. Well, I was trying to think, uh, you had so many wonderful endorsers, and I did read some of the others, and I said, what can I say? 
And I thought that you focus on Ephesians 6, uh, 12 through 16 and 17, where we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, the rulers of darkness, and you know evil forces in high places. And those look at what we would call demonic forces. And so sometimes we see things on the natural plane, and we, what we see, but behind that is always spiritual forces, either the Holy Spirit and, and God and his word, Christ is motivating us, and those who are outside the kingdom sometimes are motivated by other forces. And you seem to grasp that in a way that I have not seen. And a lot of people write political books that they don't, they just see as a natural thing. It's the voting and things. But God is in control. God is ordering and working in society and in history and working through the church. And you seem to have grasped that. And I wanted to call attention to it in my endorsement. Well, I appreciate that. And I have said in other settings that I believe this is the most important book that I've written because so much is at stake in this upcoming election. And I had a chapter in there, uh, the very first chapter is why Trump must win. And I laid out the case. And then the second chapter was why Trump might lose. And we cannot take it for granted. And there are a number of things. One of it is just the dishonesty on the part of the left where there's, you know, voter fraud and all manner of things, and also the economy. You know, that's one of the greatest things that Trump has done, particularly in drawing people who maybe wouldn't normally vote Republican. It was the economy, and if it went south, you know, that could put everything in jeopardy, which I believe that it can and, and in some ways has. But when I wrote it, we never thought of COVID-19. And, of course, that's changed everything. You know, Donald Trump has made great strides with the economy in three years, and it was wiped out in three weeks in terms of unemployment and the stock market and, you know, some of the other things that happened. What do you think is going to happen with this election, and why do you think people need to use this new book as a resource? I think, in a way, you did sort of predict, but you didn't have the specific, because you did talk a lot about the economy because that's always an impediment to an incumbent in the White House. And if the economy is down or in bad shape, the voters take it out on the incumbent president. So I think we need to pray that we reopen this economy. I know you're in the state of Florida, and that governor has done an amazing job and, frankly, has had less problem with COVID-19 than New York, which had all these restrictions. So it looks like a lot of the Republican and conservative governors are trying to reopen their states and get the business and economy going again. And I think if we can do that in the next month or so, the voters might give President Trump a chance to turn things around because we know the Democrats won't. They're socialists, and they'll take us further into a Venezuela type of economy. But there's a tendency of voters to punish the person in the White House, but I don't think they blame him for it. They, they just see he's got to manage it well. So that's something to really pray for and work for to get the economies reopened in these states. I don't know if that answers your question or not, but if we can get started again, restarted, I think he has a chance to make some headway before the election. Well, I agree with you, and I would just say that when COVID-19 happened, which was not even thought of when I was writing the book, I decided that I really needed to write a sequel, or really a kind of part B, called God, Trump, and COVID-19. I wrote it in three weeks. It has just barely come out. We're not really talking about it on this podcast, but I wanted to mention it because you know, I give high marks to Donald Trump and how he's handled this and how he has navigated 
it, and I talk about the hypocrisy on the left where they were blasting him for closing the country, which probably did more to keep the number of cases and the number of deaths down than any other thing. And then, you know, after they saw how serious it was and they saw that he was vulnerable, they started blasting him that he didn't do enough and he didn't do it quick enough. And it almost seems like they're wanting to drag this out. You know, they don't care how bad the economy is, how many people suffer, as long as everything can be up in the air and there'd be so much disruption. You know, this is how the communists and the socialists get in in countries. They create class warfare. They make the populace discontent with what's happening. The socialists promise to give them everything and solve every problem in the world, and they end up voting them in. Now, who would have thought that would have happened in America, the land of the free and the home of the brave? But it very well could happen. And there is so much that is uncertain between here and November 3rd, the next election, that we have to do everything we can to get out the vote, help people to understand what's at stake. And this is why I've written these two books. And they're available, you know, on Amazon and all those places. In fact, even during the shutdown, God Trump, the 2020 election has actually continued to do pretty well, mainly because we had so many copies already in Sam's and Walmart, and they've stayed open the whole time. A lot of the bookstores have closed down. And of course, Amazon's always open. And people can also get it, if I can put a little plug in here at my own website, which is called stevestrangbooks.com and people can go there to find out. So as we wrap this up, I'll give you the last word. Well, we're in a pivotal moment in world history and this may be a survival election because a lot of people believe if he gets another term, he can consolidate the Judeo-Christian ethic on the federal court system, which is an amazing thing he's done there. He's been the most favorable, friendly president of Christianity in probably 150 years, even more than Reagan, who was very good. So Christians have got to double down. They need to be sure that they're all registered to vote. And I think we need people praying long periods of intercession and asking God for mercy. Uh, We haven't really repented fully as a nation, but God can still grant mercy. And, you know, we'll see what happens. He's in control, whatever happens. But we are in a pivotal moment in church history and in world history. Very well said. And we'll leave it there. And thank you, Ray Moore, from the Exodus Mandate. If you didn't hear my interview with him about homeschooling, look it up on the Charisma Podcast Network. And uh, also check out these books. You know, these books are not about me. It's not because, you know, I'm a marvelous writer. I just have a passion for trying to get the word out, trying to report things that the secular media won't do. Even the conservative media don't talk about the spiritual aspects of what's going on. And God, Trump, and COVID-19 actually ends with quoting a lot of spiritual leaders that are believing that out of this will come a mighty great awakening, and we can only pray for that. And thank you to my listeners for tuning in. Share this with other people. We need to get the word out far and wide. And also, go to my website, stevestrangbooks.com, and check out these books. And also, you can get them other places as well. So, thank you for listening to my podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network. God bless you.